my name is Adrian Sola and welcome to the 20s Convos podcast with Wale and Toby. On this podcast, Wale and Toby have conversations about life, society, culture, childhood, relationships, the world and everything in between. The 20s Convos podcast is all about sharing stories, generating life and building a community around the world. Enjoy the episode. Okay, okay, okay. Now, like, it's just crazy because I know, I remember ISI... You were the guy that, that that we all said, nah, that guy is flipping brilliant, man. And uh-huh. and and I know even 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 after I left ISI, right? And whenever we talk about whenever I talk about uh, maybe my my grade in secondary school or how secondary school was, when you think about people that were, were ahead of you, you always think it was hard to see people in front of you. And like, yeah, there was Olamide, and then there was there was that there was that other dude. So like even even though we're not in touch, there was always that <laughs> it was like flashbacks, just right? flashbacks. And yeah. and like and obviously like when I found out you were in in the US and you were doing some some interesting thing, interesting things in MIT and stuff, I was not surprised in one bit. Like I, I was not lucky. I got lucky. I got lucky. <laughs> Bro, like talent, hard work, creates own luck, innit? So. <laughs> I think like when, when we're speaking in December, like even when we met in person, you know, I think I mentioned it to you that it was just interesting to see that I guess how you'd come, I won't say full circle per se, but like hearing what you were working on and which you'll probably speak about, it was just quite interesting to see how you had found yourself there, uh, based on I guess the fact that everybody or at least most people were aware that you wanted to take. Because I remember for the longest time, you know, even in, in ISI you were always like you always had this plan to to go the distance right so like masters and then phd like that one was always sure i think it was always going to be mit right if i remember correctly because i remember even in 100 level you were already started putting together like different things you know for those kinds of I did, I, yeah, yeah yeah i did apply to like mit for undergrad and all of that so yeah, yeah exactly. but i wasn't sure i was going to do a phd back then for like, like I, when I, was nice. I didn't even, i don't think i knew what a phd was <laughs> but maybe let's even start from there so like lambda for you what was like the you know earliest career path you remember wanting to take say from i guess from as early as you can remember right you know did you have an idea what exactly you wanted to do and stuff like that okay um uh yes so i think i think for me it was uh the classic, like being a doctor, um, we not engineering because no, my family, there was no engineer in my family. So I did not really have any engineering role models. Like mm-hmm. I would say that like, yeah, engineering was like, was never even in my, my brain at all. Like I didn't know, I've never, I never met an engineer until, I don't know, maybe the only thing I thought of when I thought of engineering was I thought of engineering was I thought of, I thought of uh, like, I thought of mechanics, I thought of like electrician, and I thought that they were not, they couldn't actually be like engineers, engineers, engineers. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, like a lot of doctors in my family, um, actually on my mother's side. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then I started to, as I started to get sick as well, like uh, in high school, uh, mm-hmm. it, it still, it still like became a very prominent conversation for me that, oh yeah, I was going to do medicine and all that stuff. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So when, when did I eventually now switch to, because even as I remember in ISI, like, I don't think you were, okay, actually it's, it's hard to judge because not like everybody was in science class, like nobody really did or said anything, but I know you took TD and all of those things. So when, when did, I guess the doctor thing take the back seat for you? 
I would say it was, there were two parts of this. One side was that like, because I was, I was like so frequently sick. Like I went to usage almost all the time. Mm. Um, I, started, I started hating being in the hospital. Mm. And so mm. the idea of like doing medicine started to, you know, irritate me. Mm. Um, mm. And then, uh, and then on the other side, I started thinking about, I started thinking about the fact that I was really, you know, I was really good at like physics. I really liked physics in particular. Um, mm. um, and then I, I seemed to be good in like math and, and for the math. And so, uh, yeah, that, that kind of drew me. And then also, it, I would say by SS3, then everything I was thinking of was like, if I would think about something like a problem in the world, like the way I would think about it would be in an engineering way rather than all like medicine. So I was like, yeah. That's what I wanted to say. Do this. Yeah, fair. Well, how about you? Like, what? <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking of all of this top process at that age. I'm thinking, damn, I was definitely far off. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Well, yeah. but, but I feel like Toby, you told me, you told me very, a very long time ago, like you wanted to do like architecture or something. Yeah. Like, I, I, because I, I didn't know anybody that wanted to do architecture, and so yeah, you know, I remember that actually. Yeah. Why, yeah. why, why did you think about that so, so early? <laughs> okay, 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 cool. Well, well, we'll probably get back to you. But so initially what happened with me was as being being a very young, like growing up in the house, my dad was an engineer. I thought he was a civil engineer. Um, I found out years later that he was a mechanical engineer. But anyways, I thought he was a civil engineer and I just locked into that, that mindset of being a civil engineer and, you know, always playing with Legos and building stuff. And so my life just kept on revolving around, okay, I'm going to do engineering and then it will be civil engineering. Um, but then when we got into GSS3 and Mrs. Otaru's chemistry started to do me one kind, I was like... <laughs> I was like, you okay. I was I was looking, I was like, there's no way I'm going to write chemistry in jam because I'll just bang. Like I was very sure I was going to bang chemistry. So I just opened the jam booklet and I was looking for all the science-related courses that had that didn't have chemistry with it. And I saw architecture, which you could write economics for. And so I just wow. started to embrace the idea of architecture. And you know, TD was also fun. And I, you know, we had those things where we we're always going to get, try to get, you know, 10 over 10 because of the neatness. So all of those yeah. things, yeah, all those things I had to like just psych me up. And there's one thing about me, whenever I look into something, I know how to like will my body and everything around me to feel like that's what I want. So that's really what happened with architecture. Um, but long story short, I, I ended up writing chemistry in jam. Which was I was able to pick civil engineering. And what did you get? <laughs> I think I got 59 or something. It was really weird. But you know, that, our year was That's the fine. year where our year was the year where they released stupid results first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I, yeah, don't I, don't think I, I don't think I got much higher than that in my chemistry. <laughs> really, in, really yo, bad year. I think when Lambda yeah. told me his jam result, I was like, hi, it's finished for all of us. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I remember I, I, I remember that one where we, we all, I think my final score was about just, I think I just scripted about 200. <laughs> there about um, yeah. when the final one came out, I was like, it yes, was. I made it. I made it, yeah. You know, because jam was a weird, weird one because, you know, well, while everybody was having like jam, jam lesson, jam this, I, I did do all that. Imagine. Like I, I just, I just studied for jam in my, in my house, and for some reason, my parents did not even think to say, okay, maybe they did, and and I said I don't need to, I don't know, but I just remember being in my dining table studying for jam mm-hmm. when people were like, oh, I'm I'm going for lesson, I'm like okay, and when the results came out, well, 
you know. <laughs> <laughs> Less, the laughing or no laughing? You're all like really, really scotch. Oh my really god! Bad uh, oh. Yeah, but thankfully that didn't matter too much for me. Um, yeah. So but yeah, of course, like um, going back to secondary school and what we wanted to be, I I don't remember. I, I mean, I can tell that you guys had a very have a very good memory of that bit, but I don't remember. I don't remember having a solid career or job that I wanted to do. I know people asked my different time and I had different answers. There was time I said, there was time I even said football. And I remember, I remember, I remember people laughing at me, you know, and and that I think when they laughed at me, I realized that yeah, yeah, that was a dead dream. Um, I but mean, you never know. No, mate, I was actually terrible. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't the best, but I was just average. I mean, like when you looked at guys like uh, Thompson, who was if who I, was if playing I'm Harry Maguire. <laughs> true that is true that is true that is very very true that is very 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 true that is very true so 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 i think i think for me um what actually gave me that shift was you know um i remember when i was in early secondary school my dad got this computer at my home and i think i think i was one of the first kids among my friends to have like a pc Alone, but my, my, my mom didn't know about using it, my sister didn't know using it. My dad who bought it just bought it because you know he just came from England and then he just thought that's right into having a house. So PC was just always there, nobody used it. So I go into PCs very early. And I just I just obviously use them just to play games or just to type on the green screen and everything. And I think from that, people just thought, you know, oh yeah, this kid likes computers. Mm. And which I just thought, oh yeah, this kid likes computers. So 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 I kind of went to that vibe into late secondary school and I said, okay, actually I'll probably do some computer course. Yeah. Um, so I think that was my shift eventually. But I know that even when I even when I said I said I'm going to do computer course, it was more of a convenience thing as opposed to a dream thing. Yeah. Because it was just that I fell into it. My environment made me think that I was this kid who liked computers and computers are made for me. And I thought, yeah, why not? Let's give it a go. Mm. Um so so yeah so, so so that was the path for me into um undergrad in terms of my degree so it was not like a pre-planned thing which which i guess works out eventually yeah you, you know? know you know you know what's weird it's it's how i don't know like because i feel like this is a similar story for a lot of people right um where we look into one thing and you know in that nascent age of being a teenager where we don't have guidance counselors or people to really speak about career paths we just flip around and land on something based on some you know weird things going together for example me going to architecture and then switching back to, I, funny enough, Lambda was responsible or was partly responsible for me ending up doing civil engineering because, <laughs> oh, you can't remember. All right. So I had done, so I picked um, OAU Ife architecture first choice and i picked civil engineering I ui second that. choice right and the only reason why i picked ui second choice was because i ended up write, writing chemistry in jam so i was able to pick engineering as 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 one of the choices um but you know they were saying that it, uh, during those times that if you pick ui second choice it's like just wasting your second choice because they don't really pick second choice guys but you ended up checking the list and my name was there and you called me and oh. I was, yeah, and I was like, you know, I've already gotten, I've already gotten admission into OAU, so what's the point? But you're like, I think you were like, just do it. Like, there's no point. See how it feels like. And so I did the, the interview thing or whatnot. Um, and then I didn't check again. You're still the same person that checked and called me. I was like, bro, your name came out on the admission list. And I remember, I remember what it was that. I don't remember this. You don't remember it or imagine. But I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you did. You followed my advice. <laughs> so like, you know. 
I remember the day when you, you called me and where I was when you said, oh, my name was on the admission list. And I was just very confused because, you know, I already zeroed my mind away from civil engineering and I was already on the architecture thing. Um, and, you know, I just sat down that day and I was like, okay, I always wanted to do civil engineering, but it's Mr. Taro that made me switch. Um, and now, you know, I have the chance to do it. So I was like, okay, cool. When I called my brother to let him know, he was really confused because like you guys said, architecture was what everybody kind of like knew I wanted to do. So um, anyways, that's that's all of that. But that still, you know, begs is, it begs the point that sometimes we don't really like think far about these things, which then leads me to sort of like what each of us are doing now, right? You know, um, maybe let's start from your lambda. Like is what you're doing now in any sort of way connected to, I know obviously in a broad scale of things, we'll say, you know, what we did as our first degree still matters in some kind of way. But for you, is there like really a direct correlation between what you did in your undergrad and what's what you're up to right now? Yeah, I mean, there, there, there is some, um, some correlation. Uh, I'm still in engineering. I'm not like in EE. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of like stuff that I, a lot of like problems that I try to, to work on in my research and in my like startup, I inspired by stuff that I, you know, stuff that I saw on the technicals, on the technical stuff that I saw when I was an undergrad, but mm-hmm. I didn't have the technical expertise to do at the time. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say that since I, since undergrad, I've kind of, it's an undergrad was very like narrow, narrow focus from us, like do EE focus on this, which I actually, I didn't even really, I, I didn't plan to do EE. I just, I knew I wanted to do engineering. Mm. Um, I, my true love, so to speak, was physics. Okay. But I couldn't do that in Nigeria um, <laughs> because we all know. Do uh, <laughs> <laughs> physics. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, yeah. And I also didn't think I was going to do my undergrad in Nigeria until things turned out as, as, as they turned out. Mm. So, but yeah, so, but I did EE and I, I, found, I found it, I found it interesting. Actually, I thought it gave me a lot of background, but in, at least as it was studied in Nigeria, it, um, I, I, I graduated and I felt that I was very constrained in terms of skills, mm. you know, to, not, not because of EE as a field, but because of, I guess, the education that I received at the time. Mm. Mm. Um, and I would say since like my masters, I tried to, you know, take on more computer science um also did like um tech policy uh and and now uh in my phd um i'm i'm like very interdisciplinary um so like i do like ai for climate change stuff mm. so oh, really? hand, yeah on the one hand i do like a lot of like um like like ai stuff which i i mean i, I already built, got a lot of skills from this before coming here but like i still do a lot more I take a lot, of cl- a lot of classes in that here too, but like, um, hmm. and then I still like try to look at like climate change as it is in terms of the domain. Hmm. Um, yeah. So um, over time, I would say that I've, I've kind of grown more interdisciplinary, yeah. but still like with engineering as my anchor. All right. All right. Interesting. <clears throat> Lucky you. And and, and and thing is like, when I think about these things, I always try and think of um, what are the tipping points that that shape directions because mm. you know even though you have okay for for example one thing you said already was that you never planned your undergrad in Nigeria right and something made that happen whatever it is and it could have been that if you know your undergrad in Nigeria you may not even be where you are right now it could have been a different story mm. entirely yes, yes, yes. right and I think it's those tiny events that actually 
those tiny events that often seem like often seem like normality at the time that actually sparked my interest because you know even for me you're going to ask me what about me you know my undergrad was was my undergrad was always a blur it's always a blur to me right now because oh why <laughs> yeah it it was because i i wouldn't say i learned a lot mm-hmm. right i would say my learning actually began through my masters and i had to work extra hard for that um i mean part of it was my fault my undergrad i wasn't the most serious kid um due, due to certain things about like overconfidence and probably um just not working hard enough mm. and and obviously i realized that too late because a my graduation was obviously delayed as well from undergrad so you know i was what, as what you call the average average student in my undergrad right but i just i just always knew that that wasn't average but i just but i, I was bringing the average scores mm. and it was almost as if it was almost as if at that point my my efforts were not matching my my mental theory right and and i realized and i realized that very very late and obviously luckily for me i had i had um my own mom to come in and sub the show at the end and give me some extra funds to sort out my degree and get a decent score so i might i might just finish with two one and scrape it scrape it to one there about but then i finished a year behind behind my peers but even after i finished i said well I went to do consulting and when I finished my undergrad I actually started a consulting from and to be I don't know whether I remember, whether I remember this so I started a consulting from I just want to do something where I could you know problem solve on in, a, in an unconventional way and even though I didn't even though I didn't have the skills I want, I want to do that for people around me because one thing I realized was undergrad we had entrepreneurs so you have your friend selling ties your friend doing this your friend doing so people had businesses my age So I said, well, who can be that person who can take theory of business practices and translate that into the local life of a Nigerian entrepreneur? Mm. And that, and that's something I thought about as early as, as my undergrad, after my undergrad. And even by that time, this was 2014, I had not thought of my dad mentioned me doing a masters, but I was like this guy just talks about a lot of things, right? But nothing ever comes true. So I'm not going to I'm not going to put my hopes on that. Mm. So I just thought about, okay, let me look for work. let me you know see how i can push this consulting thing and then over nyc came and then actually my masters then came through the next year I was like oh okay so i guess it's masters then and then i thank you for masters but even when i came for my masters degree it was always okay let me go back into industry into consulting again you know this is actually an interesting thing but for some reason when i go into my masters i had like a mental flip in the sense of i suddenly realized what effort looked like in a way and 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 how Why and the, that is? i mean the environment i guess or maybe also a change of maybe because i maybe because i had already failed mm. right i'm a fail for my standards anyway for everybody's standards and i realized that actually well this is another chance and i said you know well let's let's let, let me prove to everyone that or myself that you know what I have in my head i'm not i'm not being delusional mm. in that sense right so that was why I, like my master's was also a different game but also i realized that i actually so enjoyed the actual masters itself. I, i enjoyed the fact that i was spending hours in the library putting the work so it wasn't like i was doing it to just get great i was actually enjoying it mm. and when i then did my research for my thesis 
you know, um, I remember January time, everyone was like, oh, let's apply for jobs. I was applying for jobs, but I realized that I was not really into it. I felt like I was not really into applying for jobs. I wanted to just get my thesis done and get it a very, very good standard for a master's. And then I just realized that actually I do enjoy this research bit. Let's see what a PhD might look like. Mm. But the interesting thing, again, I should stress is even before this, my master's, even when I was flunking undergrad, my dad always said, you should do a PhD one day. And I always looked like, dude, like I'm, 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 bat- I'm battling this undergrad degree, right? And you're, you're calling this abstract concept. Yeah. Like <laughs> that, that's, that's a bit far off. Oh, African parents love their, 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 their kids having PhDs though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so I guess like it kind of fell into place eventually. And luckily for me, I found a project that was in my department as well. And the supervisors were people, was somebody who was familiar to me as well. So I kind of had that, maybe that's what I'll say, my luck came in Olamide in that sense, where, you know, I was, I was somebody who was familiar with the supervisors. It was my exact field and it was available right at the point where I was going to finish my MSc. Yeah. So, you know, and I was like, well, nothing else seems more attractive to me right now. Let's go for this. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know, when, when you said the thing about your dad wanting you to be a doctor, like I just realized in my family, like mine is a bit opposite in the sense that um, my dad was just an engineer. I don't think, okay, I think he did his master's or something as well. Uh, but nobody in my family, like I guess my nuclear family is a doctor. So that was in, I never, when we were talking about doctors and PhDs and things, yeah, honestly, until I think when he started. Which cre- doctor are you talking about? Are you talking about like academic doctor academic, yeah, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, academic the academic kind right i think okay. the only way the points where the academic one started to click for me for real for real was probably when you only mentioned that you started doing one i think that's when it started to become like, <laughs> that's when it started to become like this this possible thing because even th- throughout ui i don't think PhDs were like I was looking at all our lecturers and the doctors. So for me, like I guess the the picture of exactly the picture of who was a doctor, you know, in 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 front of me was just as like no, like because I, I remember some of my supervisors were doctors doing their own stuff and they were always going to be sending undergrads and their PhD students to be doing lao lao up and down. Like so, you just like you just <laughs> there was just there was this picture of it that I just didn't you know click with. But for me, um, so after I finished, so civil engineering UI was. To be fair, like, I, I didn't even know what it was. I, I like to say in UI, I was a part-time student because I was very heavily involved with other activities and I just <laughs> happened to roll up. Into, I feel you on that. Yeah, <laughs> I just happened to roll up into <laughs> class a couple of times. Um, and that reflected itself in my grades. But it wasn't like I went into UI with the perspective of not wanting to be serious. But when you enter a class, like, okay, I, I went to Life Arts in primary school, right? And maximum in our class was like 20. When we got into ISI and there was like 40 or 45 people in my class, it was a bit overwhelming, but, you know, we made it through. And then I go into UI and I'm entering into CBN, which is our lecture hall. And there's like 1,500 people in there. There's no microphone. Wow. There's no yeah. microphone. I didn't go to that CB. I didn't go, honestly, <laughs> I, didn't attend, I didn't attend class the Classic. first semester in UI. Just- like I was in my room all the time. <laughs> Yo, and I paid for it. But imagine, like, exactly. How can I be in a lecture with like one thousand five hundred or two thousand people? And there's like, no microphone. One thousand, no, no, yeah, no yeah. bro, yeah, absolutely yeah. nothing. So I, I tried. Yo, when is not Bonaboy? 
Yo, see, I tried it. I tried it for like the first week. You know, waking up at a class starts at eight. You wake up at like five thirty or six thirty. I'm gonna queue so they can get the front seat. But even when you get the front seat, someone that comes in later will just come and sit down by the lecturer's feet. Uh, the lecturer is writing note on the board, and it, it just feels very. I was like, this is not education. So I was like, you know what? I'll just stay in my room, like lamb day, right? Or come later and make sure that things are going well. Um. Mm. And, Again, I'm not as I'm, 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 I would say I'm I'm as you know smart as, as a risk kid as Lamide is, and it reflected in my in my scores in in exams. Oh, dude, I failed though. I failed in my my under level my first semester. I don't don't think I don't think I paid for it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, but anyway, so that that happened hundred level. So hundred level we started doing more tech courses, but it was still the same thing. 300 level, I was in my department. I was thinking, okay, now down in my department, like I'll be able to do stuff. And 300 level was still, it was still weird. It was my 400 level after my internship that I was like, okay, I can't, if, if I finish this five-year thing with a 2-2, it's going to be quite crazy. Um, and for me, it was like, to have that realization at 300 level was a bit too late because I had only two years to really like try to make things work. And there was no, there was like zero margin for error. And I hadn't done it before in this school. So it was like, okay, can I really actually do this thing? Just like you were earlier, I was like, I know I'm smart. I know that, you know, again, there's something up there, but it just wasn't reflecting in the results for whatever reason. Um, but anyways, long story short, I eventually like managed to do it. Like I took a lot of extra courses, a lot of different things just to like get it up there. And I barely i just barely crossed into it like it was, it was quite crazy because i went from being so you i we did a seven point gpa thing so i went from being like an average 3.5 3.3 students and in my section in my 400 level i did i think 6.0 what lamy did typically does and then um in in my final year i did a 6.6 when i saw it oh, i was wow. like i was like what the hell like for me, I was like, okay, why did I just figure out this thing? And I was like, early on. But anyways, I think it just taught me a lot of stuff. But I already knew I wasn't going to practice civil engineering, to be honest. Um, but my 400 level, I was like, you know what? This is this is not for me. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I didn't know. I knew what I didn't want to do, which was civil engineering. Not because it was bad, but I don't know. I just, I felt like it would be limiting. And just because, like I said, I was a part-time student per se, I felt like there was so much more I could be doing instead of just sticking to, to that one thing, which eventually, again, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but, and I still sort of pursued the civil engineering thing because I was going to do a master's. Now, if you remember, I reached out to you to help with my essay and things like that. And I eventually got in to your school, Wally. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I didn't. I was like, okay, I don't have the money to pay for this thing. And I didn't get the scholarship I wanted. So I just like boned it and ended up in tech and the rest is history. Um, but yeah. Isn't, isn't it funny? Like, would you, okay, let me, let me say this way. Yeah. From what I'm hearing now, it sounds to me like your bachelor's major BS degree is always a gamble. And I say gamble because hmm. if I find interesting that one can get to their final year of four years of education mm. and then be like you know i'm not sure this is what i want to do in my life mm. yeah and it's not as if they've particularly made bad terrible choices it's just a relationship that came late it doesn't mean they are bad people it doesn't mean they are not smart it just means they realize three four years into a certain line of course saying well this is not what i want to do anymore yeah and at the point where you start, you think that is everything you want to do. Mm. And it sounds to me like it's a gamble. Like that four-year thing is a gamble. Yeah. And we can't see it as, as, as a set in stone 
process? I mean, like, what do you guys think? Yeah, so I, I have been having some conversation with my, my younger sister about this. Um, so for context, she's, uh, she's now a second year in computer science um, and in a liberal arts school in Ohio. But um, the context which I've had this conversation with her has been, one, I tell her, like, undergrad doesn't really matter. Besides, like, just besides, just, just see it as a period to find yourself. Because when I look at my own life and I look at a lot of, like, I, I interact with a lot of people mm. um, and, I, and I see, like, just the trajectories, I see that, like, really what you study for undergrad does not really matter. Mm. And I think um, the, the British system of making people choose a degree before you go into undergrad is actually really bad, in my opinion. Like, mm. I actually, the American system where, like, people just come in That's and it. then, they have like flexibility to change or select stuff. Mm. It's a really good system. Um, but even with that, even with that, like even if you choose stuff like you finish with a four-year degree, I think that like many people like, you know, they beat themselves up on like, oh, I didn't um um like I, I wish that it's too late now. Like I only just realized what I wanted like at, at my in my fourth year, or whatever. I think like uh you you can and will most likely change career paths, and there's always there's always opportunity to reinvent yourself. Mm. Um, in fact, the only thing I, I just tell my sister in particular to do is just like explore yourself, but see undergrad as maybe a backup. So try to like get some skills that you can fall back on if you like, if everything else in future, like, you know, fails you and just mm. try to find something that you can use to, you know, make a living worst case. And it could be, it, that thing could be your, your, whatever your major is. It could be like what you're doing on the side, like, or your part-time, whatever, the other thing mm. you're doing on the side. Mm. Um, that's just it. Just see the four years as exploratory and also a, a, a timeline to like, you know, find something that could be a backup. Mm. Um, because, I mean, look at it. You can, do, you can do an undergrad degree in electrical engineering and you can do a master's in economics and then go and go become like, like somebody yeah. like a government policy expert and never do economics again. So like, so electrical engineering doesn't really matter like as much as like if you if you do it and you're like oh yeah I figured out. Same thing with like like even he even Toby like if he wanted to do architecture, yeah, he wanted to find his way back to architecture, he could do it. Mm. He mm. could still do it in the span of like two or three years. Mm. So mm. it's like, does it really matter as much what you major in undergrad? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, um, I think the, the Nigerian context also comes into play here where. Obviously, okay, maybe I don't know about other places, but obviously, like we didn't, we had a guidance counselor, I remember, in ISI, but their own duty was just if we were passing my. <laughs> wasn't it that, <laughs> that five, five foot four man or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shall be shall be you know what's funny? That, that dude, yeah, yeah, I wrote, <laughs> this is a very interesting story. <laughs> so, maybe not interesting, but I'll let you guys decide. Um, so, in, G- in GS2, like, this is year two for those who don't know GS2. I used to write poems, mm. right? I used to write poems or stories. I don't know why I used to write something. Mm. Right? Well, obviously, I didn't for tell the, for anything. the ladies. Huh? For the ladies. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Actually, just, just I didn't tell. I didn't tell a soul. Mm. Nobody knew. Only my mom knew at home, mm. right? And then I remember her coming to school and saying, Let, "Let's go and see that guy." <laughs> yeah. Right. And I remember having a conversation with that, this guy. In his office, I remember his office was just close the to canteen. that. Um, yeah. Behind, behind. Canteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was sat down doing it, and the mom said that, oh, that, that, you know, I write poems at home, I write stories. But I don't know what it was, but I just had some writing thing that I used to do. Hmm. And I just knew that I walked into that, that, that office 
just enjoy writing poems. And I worked out not enjoying it anymore. <laughs> and I can't remember what exactly it was that was said in that conversation. Conversation. Yeah. But the, inter- the interesting thing now is that my life now involves, part of it involves writing, writing. As, a, as an academic. Mm-hmm. And, and, as a 20- and it's just interesting. <laughs> you know, it involves writing. And, and I, I've realized now that I still enjoy writing. Like, writing is one of my favorite things to talk to myself in in a way right and when we say like these these degrees that we do these degrees even if it's undergrad i think what you said about finding yourself matters because you know it's where you can put things about yourself into the social world that is controlled so you're in a school you can try things and you don't, nothing backfires at you because you're not going to lose something mm-hmm. right but in the real world, obviously, things are at stake. You need to make money. You can't make mistakes so many times, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But then again, I think in that, in that same vein, school is also important then or tricky because you, you need a place to also try and fail. But it can also break you if you fail to the wrong place, the wrong person. I don't know if there's a formula to it, but you know, on one end, we agree that it's a gamble because you can go in there and not even end up doing what you're doing. Yeah. Actually, I think in most cases, most people don't end up yeah. doing their undergrad degree. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, you know, what, what is it that we can use to argue for education in the sense that people can say, well, why didn't the college degree then? Because there's people who are quick to jump on that wagon of college degree is useless. So what do you gain from that? If there's a chance that, you know, what you do may not be applicable to your eventual career. I mean, beyond the point of, okay, your first job might require a college degree, fair enough. Yeah. But even that, even that's not the case. I think I think it's what it gives you is that space to fail and learn failure that applies to the real world. So so it's almost like a simulation game before you actually play the real game. Mm. In a way, I believe. Yeah. To be fair, like um, I think what the school experience gives you beyond the education is like you said, is how life works basically. And which is why sometimes, you know, if you go to school and just focus on just the academics, right. You miss out on a bunch of things, right. That has to do with like life and dealing with people and just social interactions and knowing how to manage time and things like that. So, um, but aside from that, I think it also depends on where you are because, okay, if, if you're in Nigeria, for example, and you don't go to, you know, uh, you don't get a higher degree, what are you using that time to do, right? In other markets, there's probably a bunch of other things that you can do, a lot of pathways you can take to get somewhere great. But in Nigeria, if you don't really take that path, then how, like, what exactly are you doing? Because you have to then be very specific about what you're doing and make sure that the path that you're, that you're choosing is going to get you to where you hope to be. Um, but like uh, but back to the thing you said, Lamde, about, you know, how undergrad, like in the grand scheme of things, what you particularly do doesn't really like have a huge bearing per se. Um, I, I think it's then weird that as, like you said, as, you know, 16 year olds or whatnot, but not even 16 year olds, because you have to pick either science or arts from, from GSS three or year three, which is when you're what, like 14 or 15. So it's like, you're locking into you know, something that's going to carry you for the next six or seven years at a point where all you're thinking about is like, <laughs> like, I don't know, like what could you possibly be thinking about in your third year in high school? So um, I don't know, like it's a flawed system, but I guess because it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, maybe that's why nobody has thought to really like dive in and really change something about it in that sense. But um, 
yeah, I don't know. It's it's just one one thing. But so speaking of that, so if you could then go back like in time, would you change? I guess the pathway, or what would you change about you know the pathway you took to where to get to where you are? You know, based on what you know now and what you knew then, you know, what would you do dif- differently for yourself, Lamdi? I don't know. I think so. To thinking about this question, I I kind of have to think about like my my um failures. Mm. like things that that my failures like along the the way along my path and so um one thing that i i don't know i think sometimes i i think i I think about ui and i think it was it was a very harsh environment Mm. um unnecessarily harsh (laughs) in terms of like like many many people that i know that we entered ui together Mm. they got broken in terms of like yeah this is so people that had passion for, like people that had even more passion for EE, um, mm-hmm. um, and then they went to UI and whether EE or other things, and and you know like because of whether the way they grade or the way the way the old the old thing is structured, like mm-hmm. uh, or even like what you were saying about the two thousand people in CBN and stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, they just got really disillusioned quickly, and um, a part of me. Th- a part of me is like, if I had to go back again, like, would I go to like, would I go to UI because of that? Because there is a chance, even I myself, like, I might have gone a completely different path just because of, of, uh, like, all those other things I went to in UI. You know, things like, yeah. like, some very, very wicked lecturers like oh, frustrating geez. your life unnecessarily. Oh my god! Or, or sometimes you put in a lot of effort and it just it doesn't just reflect in in the grade that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't you can't follow up on it or yeah like, yeah right. yeah exactly like so so this got to the point like you know like i was very adamant like about my sister for example not going to to ui for undergrad um mm. i was like actually she did she did like um like start at cu before switching to come to the us and yeah. i was like if she's going to go to like any nigerian avoid the public universities because i feel like the public universities it takes a certain so they could be a good thing if you have if I don't know they could be a good thing in the sense that they're building you like this resilience that like, yeah mm-hmm. nothing can face me but like they could also be a bad thing where they break you emotionally and like mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. your belief in yourself your self confidence and all of that mm-hmm. um, so going back yeah if I'm not sure what the answer to the answer is with respect to you mm-hmm. if I would go back and like choose maybe a CU if I knew mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna come to the US or not. Uh, because I, I do think that UI also like you know I gained a lot of of things from UI in terms of like like when I when I was in um, yeah when I got to MIT and it was like another level for example like some of my my UI do or die nature <laughs> was, was like yeah some of that was helpful like you know in surviving yeah. MIT um, mm-hmm. but yeah um, the other thing like I said so I read the other thing I think about is I, I already mentioned this earlier so um, not having this like belief that that uh things things matter mm. that early mm. so you know i think when i was younger i used to like you know have plans um oh yeah i'm gonna try to do this and you know when they all backfire i get like oh god you know mm. Mm. um and the older i get i just see that yeah like <laughs> The world is very flexible. Like, you know, like I tell my sister, she stresses all the time about like school. I'm like, see you, see, just just calm down. Like in five years, this is be really the list of your worries. One mm. one small class or whatever. Mm. Um, so 
Yeah, they, they have been, and this is not just something that happened to me in, in say, in UI high school or something. Even when I when I was at MIT, there, there was some period, for example, um, uh, where I was stressing about what to do next. Mm. Uh, and and to be honest, yeah, I think I'll just just tell myself, you don't have to worry as much. Mm. Um, yeah. Interesting. All right. Cool. Well, what's what's your story? If you could go back. Well, so you're asking like, what would I change? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I'll change anything. I, think mm-hmm. I, I don't sound cliche, but I don't, see, I don't see why I can change because if I look back at my history, there, there, there hasn't been any, even though I went to a private university mm-hmm. in Nigeria in that sense, as I said before, it wasn't like I came out with like, you know, if I, I didn't come up with like a first class or anything mm. and and I, and I don't want to say i'll change that because i feel like if i if i if i do not have that failure some of the things i think about now would not be there right you know how i come in here and i always sound like oh um life is about you know setbacks going through that, mm. all of that mm. a lot of things i say are actually from my experience i don't like to mumbo jumbo and just say things because i because it looks cool on instagram fonts Mm. It's mostly because it's it's actually my experience. Mm. You know, even even when I started the PhD self, that one was that one itself was a whole different level of setback that I never even experienced in my entire life. Mm. Right. But I won't change that still. Yeah. Right. Um, I'll tell my friend because I was I was I was I was reading my my first year report. So like so over here, when you when you do a PhD, you know, your first year you do like a review and stuff. And I was reading my first report and I read my, my report that I just finished two months ago. The contrast was mad. Mm. And I feel like I've grown so much as, as, an, as a researcher, as an academic. And I'm proud of that growth. But I don't think I'd have had it in that first, if I didn't have that first year experience. Because I think after I did well with my master's, the same overconfidence that I had in my undergrad, I brought it to my PhD again, I think, mm. to a level. And maybe, maybe I also felt a bit above earth and that experience nature gave me that dramatic setback to say well bro let's <laughs> let's re-strategize this yeah so i don't see what i can change the only thing that i'm doing that i'll change about my life honestly it's not even relating to my work it's just hobbies mm. so 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 i wish i had certain hobbies when i was younger that's just it to be honest mm. you know I, I i don't think it to be anything related to my work um, you don't because, wish you invested in Bitcoin. In, like, <laughs> yo, <laughs> do you know the funny thing here? So even as of even as of 2016, yeah, I remember doing doing a report on blockchain, right? For an IBM it was like case study um, assessment on IBM blockchain, and that and that, that's, first time, that, that's first time I heard about blockchain. I think then it was about it was still under it was it was just three digits number mm-hmm. in pounds on Bitcoin. So it was still quite cheap. I was like, well, I was like, what is this gonna? What's what's this? What's this? And the guy, and the guy who came to talk to us that day, um, he worked in IBM and he was talking about blockchain and he sounded so enthusiastic. I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. But I remember some we just thought that like, this is just some stuff. But the next month, so like what happened then was like, you know, when you hear about something and then and then begin to see it in your circles. Yeah. yeah. The next month, we now saw news on blockchain and Bitcoin. We were like, oh shit, that's what I guy said last month. <laughs> Yo, guys. <laughs> so obviously, if I knew then, I've gone back to 2011. Mm-hmm. 
to invest in some but wait some... speaking of this right you know i you know funny enough in 2016 when it was still probably under ten thousand dollars right um i bought some um ethereum instead um but to be oh, fair wow. even even the amount i bought wasn't so that's the funny thing like you can go back in time but it's not like you had the money you have now. Uh, ladies so, ladies uh you should, you should get- <laughs> If 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 one to be his number, just like just give me a shout out. He's got okay. some he's got some Ethereum. Okay. Ethereum. Okay. Five years ago. See, <laughs> see, see if, if I tell you the amount I bought, you realize how much like, I, I logged into the platform like two months ago and I was looking at it and I was like, okay, so yes, I bought early boy. Imagine if I had bought like serious amounts, because what I bought was honestly close to yeah. Yeah, so th- that's what I like to say about some of these things. Like, you know, if we need to go back, we, we think that if we go back, we'll have the results we have now. Like, how much is the allowance back in 2016 or whatnot? Like, I don't think you'd have wanted to put 90% of your stuff on something that you felt would be speculative. But anyways, um, to answer the question, I've actually not really thought about it deeply, but I'm not, again, like, I hate that I'm going to answer like you guys in that, like, I don't think there's any major thing that I'll change. Like, a lot of my life, like, I don't, and maybe we're saying this because where we are now, <clears throat> we like where we are now, or we're comfortable where we are now, or we know how to or, do this. Or is or it's still in flux in that sense. Yeah. So yeah. it's still moving. It's a moving piece. So yeah. I mean that that's what I'm thinking anyway. I'm speaking for myself. Yeah. You know, it's it's a moving piece. But yeah, go on, you're saying. Yeah, because so for example, I was supposed to go to Life What High, right? Um, but I ended up going to then I was oh, supposed to go to school. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I have nothing accurate. to do. <laughs> accurate, accurate. Then I was supposed to go to Faith Academy. That was another interesting failure point uh, in life. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. God you did not. I fa- apparently I failed the exam. It was really weird because like it was a it was a good failure. <laughs> like I, I failed Faith Academy and then from there I was supposed to go to Vail College. So I wrote the Vail College like um supplementary exam. I passed that one, I got the admission. And the only reason I wrote ISI was because everybody said ISI was a hard exam to write. And all of us decided yeah. in my school to yeah, just... Yeah, that reputation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I everybody. never actually heard that. I guess, who, who were you? Where were you? Where were you? Really? I never was, heard that. Uh, ISI was the toughest balance, exam. Course. Yeah, it was known as the toughest exam. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. I never heard that. I just... I didn't write near that school. I only wrote ISI. Yeah. So funny so enough... I failed, well... I was yeah, supposed to... Continue. You know, the day ISI was writing the exam was the same day Orita Mefa was writing the exam. My, my brother wanted me to go. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, I wrote yeah, Orita Mefa exam day. too, though. Did you? Are you sure? I got into Orita Mefa. It could have been the same day, bro. I, I don't know how I did it. Maybe it was the same day, and I. I don't and you did put those there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Lamedia. It's not. It's not beyond you. It's uh, really. It's really not beyond you. I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I, I can't remember, but. Yeah. But anyways, so I know I eventually. Um, I, I didn't do the OBM I did the ISI one, even though I wasn't planning to go. But eventually, when push came to shove, it was between Vail College and ISI, and I picked ISI. So, like, I'm looking at all the different, like, forks in the road that I could change and all of those things. And I'm like, I can't imagine a different world. So maybe that's just me, my lack of imagination. But I don't think I'll change anything um, as well. Um, but so... I, I was yeah. going to add something yeah. to that yeah. point before we move on. Um, yeah, go on. I, I, I think that for me... Even though I, I was somebody who experimented a lot in undergrad. Um, I would like looking back, I still feel like I could have done more uh, because, mm-hmm. yeah, like I could have experimented even more, like tried a lot more things, mm-hmm. and I did try many things in undergrad. <laughs> um, but yeah, just yeah. just. I, I, do you yeah. mean like 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 hobbies or what do you mean by things? Hobbies, interests. Um, 
organizations like just 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 <laughs> stuff like anything they want to try like dude like yeah even play i got as a point i got into playing like uh what's the fifa and pes I, I joined those guys that spent their whole day playing <laughs> that thing was a thing across all schools like it was across all schools like one guy with a very fast laptop everybody's yeah. pad and everybody just sits down and like plays proper championships like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah just, that is true you know, like um i mean one thing that is my bread and butter these days is you know like programming hmm. data science that kind of stuff um uh and Sometimes I mean, and I did I did get into it relatively early, um, mm. which is which is which was a, a huge reason why I was able to get into MIT. But like, I think about like many parts of like I don't know tech that I could have like picked up when I was younger, and it was right in my face. But I was just like, yeah, like I didn't get to them. So mm. if I if I if I if I have the time, like if I could go back, I would like experiment on many other stuff. Not because yeah. I want to do them like now, but just because. Yeah, it's always good to you know to have like you know explored. Yeah, and yeah. then you like you, you you decide on what path to follow. Yeah, fair. I yeah, am- yeah. I think that's a very good point. To be honest, I think that's a very good point. Experimenting with with things, and and probably I like the fact that you use the word experiment because it doesn't show a a exclusive element to it. So like you're not sticking to something. You you are going with the flow, even though that flow might lead to a professional hobby. In in that sense, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So possibly I'll, I'll say that too. I'll, I'll still have this answer. <laughs> so so <laughs> honestly, as you mentioned, coding, I remember that I did experiment a lot of things. Like I think mine was not. I think my problem is maybe I, I feel like I would have tried to stick to things a lot more because um, in my 300 or 400 level, I picked up like programming and you know built a website from scratch and all those things. But I only did it because my fellowship needed something and the guy that was oh yeah to used to yeah. web design right yeah yeah i know that is uh, true because i've been making those 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 web developers you get you get you get so so i i did like after my final year i still played around with it on the side but okay do you know what happened it's not like I, it's not it's not for a lack of trying so when i moved to lagos in 2016 right uh me and one of my friends that were you know doing this whole developing thing we'd stop by developer like meetup and I, I was just blown away by everybody I was there. And I was like, I looked at everybody and what they were doing. And I felt like, I don't think I have the energy to put the commitments. I feel this needs at the expense of other things that I feel I'm interested in as well. Um, and so at that, I remember that day physically where I was like, yeah, I'm not going to pursue this. I'm going to pursue something else, right? But maybe it was also a, a fear of just or being intimidated as well. But I know I was very concerned about, you know, the amount of hours I would need to put into this because it's not like I was passionate about it. You know, if I had focused on it at that point, it would have, it would have been because I saw the potential of it making money, right? And I don't think yeah. that passion would have kept me, kept me, you know, through the tough seasons of it. So I don't know. Money in the bank keeps. <laughs> It's a good motivation, I know. Fair (laughs) points, fair arguments, fair arguments. But at at that point in time, I just felt no, no, no. But also, your environment, your environment did not help you because because if you did, if you started, if started in Lagos, you had more opportunity to see the business scape of it. If that makes sense, yeah, right. But but, but, but maybe, but maybe you you being in in Badon. But this community I saw was in yeah, but, yeah, but you began. Oh, in began. Badon, right? Okay, fair, fair, fair. You began in Badon, so obviously your the, the client base, the market was wasn't as large as Lagos. Market to attract or to show you possibilities were not as large in the Badon, right? So, so one can say that. Yeah, but to be honest, I also didn't want to do it for the money. 
that that was the, that's the other thing right i think money is one of my least like it's the least thing that motivates me although i like i, I like to have it and i like to do so like i like to get it but i've just not had it drive a lot of my decisions um for good or for bad like i, I might reevaluate that in, in, in the next coming months but yeah um that's that's kind of like where it is now um okay so so what i wanted us to touch on as well was so we're all, I'm in Ghana, Wale, you're in the UK, Lamde, you're, you're in the US. Um, how would you think, or how, how do you say like where you are now, or like the environment that you're in and being away from home has sort of like altered your, your career paths and just what you're seeing as opportunities, right? And again, this is not to like, I, I want to acknowledge the place of privilege and all of this, right? Like not everybody has a chance to, to go outside of these circles, um, but just based on the circles you're in, and maybe if you weren't in these circles, do you think you'll still have this outlook, you know, that you have on what's potentially available for you to do and, you know, what you want to explore? Um, and maybe I'll start first just to give a bit of context. So for me now, um, I, I started a company, which is like, I, I don't think I ever look back growing up and wanted to build my own business in that sense. Um, but just all the networks I've been, all the things I've been exposed to, all the things that I've done, just kept pointing in direction that, you know, maybe not particularly what I'm doing right now, but I just knew I wanted to start my own thing and be more like involved in the results of things, right? Which you can get in some in some jobs and in some places, but I just felt that it would still be limited in some way. And I wanted some kind of flexibility. Uh, but I also found something I was really too passionate about, right? Like I, I'm doing recruitment, um, and me falling into recruitment was also by chance. Um, although my NYS, I ended up serving in your university, Babcock, Wale, and I was in the human resources department. But it's not like I sat there and I was soaking everything in thinking, you know, this is an amazing place. I was looking at everything. And I was like, hell no, like this is trash. This is absolutely trash. But eventually, like I got opportunity to be part of some kind of recruitment. And I saw that, you know, it aligned to my kind of skills of understanding people. And just, you know, being able to connect people one-on-one and see what really makes them tick. And that's like a very big part of recruitment. And I also had a tech part of it as well. Because again, the programming experience I had didn't go to waste because now to some degree, I can speak to people that are technical and it just, you know, finds its way to wrap itself off of what I'm doing now. But I'm just saying that I, I only started to see this opportunity because of all the multiple things I kept on being exposed to. Um, and that has changed a lot. And moving from Ibadan to Lagos, I didn't have to. There was a job in Ibadan, but I moved to Lagos. And I think that also helped me see a lot more as to what was possible. But So I feel like I've already answered the question in the sense that, yes, moving and changing places definitely affects that. But maybe just talking about how it has affected you know, you guys. And so, Lamde, yeah, you can go. Yeah. Um, so with me, it's, it's also very interesting because I have moved around a lot in the past five, six years. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so we, we, I, I think... Personally, um, I mean, right now, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Palo Alto in Stanford. Um, I'm running uh, my own startup, also pursuing a PhD here. Um, and uh, it's, it's, for me, this coming here was, was a very deliberate decision. I thought about it. I, I had a great opportunity to come here. And um, there's someone who wants to, as someone who is a tech entrepreneur, um, there's no better place to be than right here in the Silicon, Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. I'm at Stanford. Uh, so I, I feel very lucky, you know, that the opportunity came around. Um, but um, when I look at like the different stops of Adobe and how, you know, they've kind of, uh, uh, to your point, you know, um, how, how, how I've seen things differently based on, based on those locations. So for example, when I was in, in, in Padon, as you, like with the, in UI, um, a lot of it, I feel like a lot of people around me were always complaining about 
the institution limiting them, which was a big issue. Like, mm -hmm. like, oh, like the curriculum is, is not it's not adequate, um, it's not rigorous, the professors are evil, all of that. I and I completely agree. Um mm -hmm. to some extent, I, I I was the kind of person that like tried to block all of that out and you know try to maintain some belief of okay, I'm in charge of my own education and I would like learn stuff beyond what's given to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say that like, I mean, you end up feeling very inadequate when you go through, I would say, um, Nigerian public university systems. And I think also even the private universities as well. Mm. Um, um, but, but then uh, next level, after undergrad, moving to Lagos, um, very similar issues. Also working, working for example, with Shell, um, you start to see, you see another level, but then you're like, oh, okay. Um, Looks like there. I mean, you can learn some stuff, but then even while I was there, I, I thought I thought okay, that that I mean, I didn't really like the environment. I also thought that like, um, um, you know, like I I, I thought that like there was another level to mm -hmm. learning. Um, and also to your point about passion, your original point about passion. Um, I didn't see as many people passionate about what they were doing True. when I was working in Lagos. Um, as I thought it should be in, uh, you know, in the workplace. Mm. Um, I wasn't also as passionate uh, about about what I was doing at the time there. So, um, and and coming here, coming to the U.S. to Boston, that was the, for me the very the first time that I saw so many people really enjoying what they what they were doing, mm -hmm. and they were they were not just being very good at it; they, they enjoyed what they were doing. And then the confidence part was something that I really. That, that now flipped. So I, I went from being the, the kid who was like, oh, yeah, I'm in charge of my education, even though the system is limiting, to being this, oh, okay, now I have all the resources, but shit. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can, I learn, can I learn this stuff? Can I do this stuff? Uh, you know, questioning my own self now. Like, I was on the opposite side. I was like this kid where, like, yeah, I will learn everything that needs to be learned online. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but then, uh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so the difference, one difference I noticed was also when I was in MIT, for example, um, not as many people were thinking about entrepreneurship. And so for me, um, I, I was very, I was still in this mindset of, okay, even though I was trying to do stuff, I was still in this mindset of, okay, um, what are the organizations that I can join to solve this thing that I care about? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying, and and that was that was always like the way I would think about of like when I when I'm done here, what can I join? What what are the organizations I can join? Um, I still saw people that like build stuff. Some of the best like entrepreneurs and stuff out of it might still them as like like people on another level mm -hmm. to me. Like whether in terms of like I thought, oh yeah, they had they must have had like some entrepreneurial gift or whatever, or or even and even when it comes to like actually like being engineers, I was like, yeah, this this person must be like some whiz kid and what blah blah blah. So those question marks definitely happen, but the big change for me was moving to um, California, where I don't know something that happened, something about stepping outside school, uh, at least stepping out of it, the MIT environment and coming to California was was a big change for me in terms of mindset. One, I started seeing people, I started seeing that like everybody in California, I saw a lot of people that were just doing things that they thought about. They were like, yeah, like oh, mm -hmm. I want to build this startup for doing whatever uber for whatever and they're like boom they just go to it mm -hmm. and i could see i could i could see for the first time their skill sets up close like i knew exactly what kind of skills they had and um, then, I, could see, mm -hmm. I could see like their whole story up close and i could see them execute things and i was like wait 
like mm. actually like mm. there isn't like any secret sauce here it's just like people try and stuff works and it doesn't work and it look it kind of looks like I, I had the kind of like like I already had the education to do most of the things I wanted to do like through mm. MIT and I had like you know like some privilege to be able to you know like talk to somebody and they would maybe trust me mm. so I was like wait like maybe why am I why have I, why have I even been external and also why have I also been thinking I I'm the kind of person that has to work in an organization to, to do stuff. Mm. Uh, yeah, I would say people in California and the Bay Area are like totally different. And then I moved to um, um, down here to Stanford where like, I mean, even like somebody in first year <laughs> is already talking about like some startup that they're building. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, at this point, it's like a startup disease. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's both, it's both a blessing and a curse because everybody you talk to, every, they're either building something or about to build something. And sometimes you can't even have a regular conversation anymore before somebody takes it to, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, let's, let's. Yeah, so, but yeah, that part about self-confidence, you know, um, to be able to do anything, um, mm -hmm. like I would say that, that next level, I came to that even in Stanford, like the support. I also realized, oof, like there are so many people that can support me around around me. So like, I don't know if you guys know this, but like Sand Hill Road is like this place where there are so many VCs. Like it's just mm -hmm. right here, like near Stanford. Um, um, there's so many VCs that come to campus all the time. There's so many, uh, like, I mean, entrepreneurs. You hear that, for example, the, the, the Snapchat guy, like he was taking the class, this class that you're taking when like, you know, like, and it was like, oh yeah, like say thinking about, about whatever this idea and all these kind of things. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, being being in a place where um, yeah resources exist and people think a certain way suddenly helps you to you know think the same way. That's I guess what I've what I've what I've taken from this. When I was in MIT, a lot of people's mindsets were more about like doing like let us do this, let's build this stuff. We're very like engineering focused. Let's build this stuff. They didn't think so much about like start a company up, around this. Mm -hmm. But the way they thought about stuff was you know build stuff to the max. And so my insecurities or my beliefs were around, can I build stuff to the max? Mm -hmm. um, whereas mm -hmm. when I was in Stanford, it, like do the engineering tasks, not build, we're not start a company in that sense. But when I was, when I'm like in Stanford, it's more about like, let us innovate in this form or that form. And um, that's where like my insecurities and also self-confidence like are around. Yeah. All right. Nice. Nice. I was just in my head taking so many mental notes to be honest. <laughs> well, Yo, same, <laughs> same, 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 same. Like, like I'm definitely gonna play that play that part back again and take some notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But some something struck me from that. And I think the first thing is for starters, like I, I don't know, I don't know whether that's a name they call it, but I believe that's that's like the startup capital of the world. Mm. Right. And you know when you said how you were in uni. And you felt like, okay, I need to charge my education. First of all, that's something that I find impressive because I don't think I ever thought that way, which is which is actually very impressive. I, I and I don't think I ever thought because I, the moment I was in class where I felt what are teaching me, I don't find interesting. By the but, way, I, I have to shout out to somebody who who, who, who gave me this quote. Who he got from? He got the quote from somewhere. Um, Toby, um, Toby. So this is a uh, yes. He used to say something called "school is getting in the way of education." To me in undergrad and to me it was a quote that i like i ended up digesting like school's getting in the way of my education so basically like you know like 
he considered his actual education to be something very different from like what, he was what UI was providing him, and it was something mm. that I came to re I came to really internalize too as well. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, you were saying, that is, uh, no, um, that is so true because I didn't I didn't realize that until even after, until even after like maybe towards the toilet of my of toilet of my MSc, because undergrad even though I said oh yeah this class is quite boring. I don't want to teach me right here. I don't think I ever said, okay, let me go to the library and research stuff. Let me go to my computer and research stuff. No, I, I didn't, I didn't take that. Right. So I didn't take it to my own hands. And, and, you know, so it's interesting me hearing that now. And obviously if I look back to myself, I'll probably say I could have done that better yeah. too. Yeah. And, and, and I guess, I guess you're right in the sense of, you know, once you have that mindset, and you then get to a place where you have all the education in your on a plate. The the cutting of the cutting of barriers. No, that doesn't make sense. The cutting of like it's like before 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 we are like oh well um I don't yeah, have enough resources yeah 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 exactly yeah you're an excuse like you're an excuse yeah. to push so so you're being motivated by the scarcity mm. but now you're you are facing plentiful resources. And you're like, well, you know, <laughs> I there is nothing else to hold me back. Yeah. So at that point, you realize that if you make any mistake, it's all on you. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's a very interesting dynamic. And you know, but I guess it's a better place to be than 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 to just say the system is broken and I and I won't try anything. Mm. Mm. Right. Because now of all times, I, I know that even back in the day, we probably did not have as good internet now or whatever, but now internet is like 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 utility like like light so so many things you can read like if i knew the things that i, I can search for honestly it's so it's so bad now that when i'm talking to somebody about anything and, and they have any, any slight problem any slight pro any slight problem i'm already sending for a solution on the internet like i'm already used to the fact that nothing cannot be solved mm. yeah right i'm already used to that fact that everything no matter what the problem is i can start from somewhere because of this limited access to resources mm. and compared to five six years ago that that was not my thinking and that's incredible so i think if if you're in that space right now already if you're an undergrad or trying to go into that space like you said school should not get in the way of education yeah. and it gives that beauty because now you have much more information available to you but you're still in a school environment that's controlled right whereby you can make your mistakes and experiment as lambda said you know, I um, I remember doing C plus plus. I hated that thing, man. God, I, I didn't I didn't get the point. I did not get the point. But now I do. Mm. But mm. then I did. But then I did. I think I was like, what is this? What is this? Like, but again, if I did if I did my research away from my classroom, I could have seen application of C plus plus in real life. Mm. I could have seen what programming was doing for people. I could have seen everything in practice, but I did not. Right, so maybe that's where that also comes in because that also makes you see what you're doing in school apply to in the real world, yeah. and that can give you extra confidence to work out in school. Wait, what was the original question? Um, like how with the environment you are now, sort of like yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I like that you said privilege is we, we can't dismiss this because honestly, um, thankful to my dad, um, we never go along every time, but. He turned up for me, um, for my MSC fees. Like this dude paid my fees mm. um, when Naira was crazy, mm -hmm. right? And 
And for him, he didn't see it as a, he saw it as a gift. So he's a very weird person because he, he could be quite emotionless, but he could, do, he could do something like that. And he saw it as a gift. He didn't, he, he never said, oh, I'm doing this so that, so that I come back and buy me something. And he just said, this is your right, right? I'm giving you the best education I can give you because I know you should, you can do this. Mm. And, and that was it. But if I didn't get access to that, to, to those funds, I would never have gotten the MSC, the MSC that I got. Right. But also combine that one with the fact that previously I already messed up. My eyes were even more open. Right. My eyes were open to opportunities. So I got that privilege in that sense. But obviously coming to the UK, I think coming from Nigeria, how do I put this? I remember my very first piece of work I was meant to do. I was nervous because I wasn't sure what, what, what I was going to get. Right. My very first piece of work to hand in. And obviously as a Nigerian, you are used to an environment where teaching is very very authoritative um there's less collaboration it's very very it's weird because the, the culture is is a community culture but when it comes to school is is one-to-one mm. you know is, is you on your own forever but here's like collaborate teamwork group project etc so so that that kind of gave me room to play and and room to realize that ah actually somebody wants me to actually pass <laughs> you know, someone wants me to, to actually, someone, someone's giving me a stepping stone to actually do well. Mm. So yeah, let's go for it. Right. So that, that my eyes to what, to what school was as well, in terms of what's, what's, what the lecturers and the facilities are doing for you, they put everything in place for you to get the best you can get. It's not up to you to then say, okay, let me take it. Mm. Right. So I guess maybe even in a weird way, my, Supposed to what I'm doing in the sense that I, I saw this thing, I was like, oh, actually, somebody wants me to do well. Mm-hmm. Right. So now I can. Right. So let me actually go for it. Yeah. But so yeah, I would say obviously me coming here was a big difference as well. So yeah. what do you miss about like what is something that you, you feel you need from back home that you don't have now professionally? Mm. Professionally. Yes. Like Right now, after doing your PhD and work and all of that, like what, what is something that you think you really had going for you back home that you've lost? Whoa, I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> <for> that question. <laughs> um honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, we can always we can we can always come back to it. It's just it's yeah. just something that I'm curious about. And you too, Toby. Me. So you also love home. Something that, that I have lost mm-hmm. when I got here professionally. Yeah. yeah. So, like in your, I, I guess my question goes ties to if you could design your ideal like life, um, it would seem like it would have it would have some element of like where you are right now, what you're doing right yeah, now. Yeah, um, yeah. Unless, unless you think, I like, think if you could I, have your you know, your PhD the same university in Nigeria versus here, would you choose? Would you choose the one here or the one in Nigeria? And and what what would you what would you what would make you basically copy and paste whatever your yeah. life is right now back home? Okay, actually, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because it actually links to what I was about to say next anyway. So I think one thing for me is coming here has made, has made me understand standard. Mm. Right? Standard of good best practice. Right? What I mean by that is, I was about to say before I said, when I started teaching this semester, I'm sorry, last semester, and, and I was taking students on, on management perspectives, I then put myself as a teacher and I, and I saw myself, I was having flashbacks every time to when I was a student, undergrad, and even masters, undergrad mostly. And I thought, 
when I was a student, I didn't have very good teachers. Not, not because of the, the slideshow, no, but because how I talk to my students is I challenge them to think in ways that I, w- I want to be proven wrong or proven, you know, to debate about concepts, about real life stories, real life case studies and stuff, mm-hmm. right? To prepare them. And that, and all of that is, is not about my slideshow. It's not about, you know, how nice my, it's not about my, my speech volume. It's about the intention of the classroom or what, what I want to get. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we had that a lot in, in our schools because the intention from them, for some of them was just maybe make life harder for you <laughs> or to make you just, to make you just oh, pass or mm-hmm. just to do that or just make their money. Mm-hmm. But me knowing everything I know now in terms of, you know, me knowing more about how the world works, how my field works, IT leadership, etc. I want the students I teach to be critically sharp and understand everything I'm delivering to them, not by cramming it, but for that, for that, for that knowledge to transform them so they can go back to me and say, well, Wally, what you said here, why did you say it? Say, mm-hmm. So that goes beyond your grade marks at the end. That means I'm trying to transform your experience as a student. And that's something that we do not have. So I've, I've gotten that standard now. But if I was in Nigeria, I wouldn't think I would have that, even if I had the same quality here, because the culture of the institutions will still not, will still not give me that mindset. Mm. Yeah. Because I would, I would never say that, oh, I'm naturally somebody who wants to tell people like that. No, I think part of it was because I've got an education here that showed me how that can look like. Yeah. Right. And then transfer that to students. Yeah. Do you think you're teaching Nigeria sometime? Sorry. Possibly. Um, not, not, not in a university sense, but teach in the sense of um, what do you mean? Consulting. Kind of, kind of teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to work with young, young kids. But that that will most likely be a pro bono thing if I do in Nigeria, mm. um, because I'll, I'll, I I definitely want to give back everything I've learned here back and, and back to, and back to the country, back to the community, etc. Yeah, you know, interesting. Lamni, how about how about you? Like you know, because it sounds like you've been thinking about this sort of like direction a bit, or is it just a question that popped up during the conversation? I mean, it it popped up, but yeah, I mean, I I have my own opinion on this. Um, mm. I. I feel like, I mean, I, I've been here for what, five years, like in the US, um, but I feel like, I, so I, 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 as someone who spent a, a significant amount of my life in Nigeria, I feel a lot of things that I want to do uh, around development stuff. Um, and uh, even though I'm here, um, it's like one, one part, of, one part of what I miss is talking to people who really understand some of the problems I'm talking about very easy, very quickly. I mean, there are people like that, but it's, it's, there are very few and far between. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because of course, like different culture. So whether I'm talking to a VC or I'm talking to um, like a, a customer for my startup or whatever, like it's, it's not always immediate that they understand like, or even like a researcher or a fellow, fellow PhD student, it's not always immediate that they understand um, issues that I care about mm. yeah mm. and you know being in 
being in Nigeria, where like some things are so obvious, like I don't need to like you know like in some conversations where like yeah something is so obvious, like I I miss that part of my, mm. um, but but if if I had to weigh uh like <laughs> to Wally's point like, uh the 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 two sides the costs and benefits as well of of coming here to getting the education that I have now and the access to resources and all of that, yeah I mean there's. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to think it twice. I, I would do the same all over again. Yeah. It's quite interesting though, because I think for me, it's a bit different because I'm still on the continent, just away from like what home, but I'm really just 45 minutes away. So by a flight. So technically I, um, I can't really relate to what you two are saying in a professional sense, because I think a lot of the work that I do because of how the tech ecosystem is already on this side of on this part of the world, it's still all very connected. So once you know one in one area, it can easily translate to other things. Like it's just one core ecosystem that everyone sort of like filters around. So I haven't really felt that way professionally, but I think if we're looking like non-professionally, I feel a bit disconnected to a couple of things. Yes, obviously Twitter is there, you know, all of those things, but I think just like, like you said, Lambda in some conversations, um, it's hard to really just find someone that you can relate with. And I think that connection is important sometimes, right? It's great if you have that connection and you're able to go out and then do stuff. But if you can do stuff, but you're missing that connection, there can be just that, you know, it, it, it gets weird after a point in time, right? I've I, I start, I started to miss home a lot more for different reasons. But like you said, if I was given the opportunity to choose again, I would definitely still choose the path to explore a lot more than, than just stay back home in that sense. And obviously, Nigeria is quite interesting at the moment. So that's also <laughs> a factor to consider. Um, but like it's, it's like, Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was going to say, like, you long-term, like, a lot of the things that I'm passionate about are, you know, developmental. And if what I'm doing now is a bit connected to what I hope to be doing. And because I'm still on the continent and what I'm doing is built on the continent, I think I still get a piece of that. Um, but there's there's definitely still a string pulling me back to, to Nigeria to do a lot more. Um, I don't know what that would look like, but, you know, um, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, what are you saying? No, I was just going to say, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel the same way. And let me say it this way: I don't feel the same way in the sense of I don't feel anything pulling me back. Mm. And and I don't know if that's bad. So when I say I don't feel anything my, pulling my, back, my I'm, guy's mind has, 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 has no, 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 no. So like, so like family and stuff that pulls me back for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like professionally. Yeah. I don't see anything pulling me back. And I say that because I feel like I'm okay. On one end, it's a case of should I be loyal to myself or loyal to my source? Mm. Right? That is that's one question. The answer, I don't know. Mm. Is it is there even a one one or one or the other answer? That's another question. Mm. Right? But that that aside. The other question now is me not being loyal to my source. Is that a temporal thing in the sense of why can't one be the best they can be, chase the the dreams, chase the best chances, chase success you can get in these environments that that, that are outside of our roots and then hope that you get to that peak, whatever that peak looks like, get to that peak early enough in your life. So by early enough, I mean before you're like 70 
and hope that you get early enough, comfortable enough to then fall back and say, well, let me, let me try and do something. Because there has to be a realistic point of saying, you know, at what point do I stop my journey here and go back? And, and the point where I stop, have I cut short that growth? So have I peaked? Yeah. To the point whereby if I go back, I won't enter regression mode. Yeah. I was going to jump in here and say, I don't think it's a zero sum game. And the downsides to living it till later, it's almost like the parable of, you know, um, if when you have X amount, you're not going to give, you know, ABC, then even if you have 10X, you will still not give ABC because you're not used to giving ABC, right? And to, to bring that home, what I'm saying is, although obviously nobody's asking, I don't think it's a zero sum game. Nobody's asking anyone to move back. But I think, you know, if the future plan is still to be connected, there's a form of connection that can still happen now. But if you keep putting it as something that will happen further down the line, at the point when you feel like you're ready to make a connection, you'll be so disconnected and, you know, away from what the reality on ground is. Oh, no, I, I, I don't, I don't agree. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, no, see, you don't think you'd be disconnected. You don't think, think you'd be disconnected. I think it's bro, bro. See, the, the, for you, Nigeria. <laughs> the only reason why, if I have my way, I'll be in Nigeria as often as possible. If I, the only reason why I'm not in Nigeria as often as possible is because flights are flipping expensive. Yeah, that's that's my simple reason. Let me say, yeah. if I had you my way, there are, there are two Nigerias in my opinion. There's the Nigerian mm-hmm. online. Or mm. where everybody's like like the illusion of what is online and then there's like the on the ground it happens with every country right like there's what yeah. what is what you see online. yeah it's yeah. very easy i feel like it's very easy these days to feel like oh the online is the representation of mm. yes the reality Ab- absolutely absolutely i'm glad you said that because i watched I, I was talking to somebody yesterday about that as well you know because because, because she was like she was like she's funny interesting how people on twitter non non-nigerians so asians yeah. americans whatever Say, oh my God, Nigeria is the coolest place in the world. I want to go to Nigeria. I want to do that. I want to, I want to do that. And don't get me wrong, Nigeria is, I've, I've, I genuinely feel, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to be a patriot. Mm. I think we're the best country in the world. I wow. think we have some, some amazing I, I people. No, 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 no. Pe- people wise, people wise. Okay, people wise, maybe, maybe. Pe- okay. People wise, people wise, people wise. Mm. I think we're the best in the world. There's just something about us, right? And this is my pride in my country. My people, my Nigerian people, no, not about your body. You're, about, you're, about oh, you're also counting Buhari, too. Oh, wait, am I going to be? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, when whenever you buy bread, right, you, you have your slices that are smooth, I, I have your bottom and top slices, right? So let's put Buhari in one of those bottom or top that, that, that nobody wants to touch, right. But so, so I'm talking like about the bottom of slices, right? Well, that's yeah. why they're not doing well in life. What but... do you mean? Look <laughs> at this guy. <laughs> we're not waiting till 2023 before you step into that. <laughs> so Very good. Uh, no, okay, but yeah. But jokes aside, though. Jokes aside. Um. Yeah. So she, so she was saying how you know people say oh like non non Nigerians and you're right it's because they see that online world. Mate, if you watch Netflix. A friend of mine who's Ghanaian thinks everything she sees on Netflix Lagos is actually Lagos. I'm like, yo, look, I spent, I, I spent many years in Ibadan Fair, but I went, I was in Lagos for a long while. 
that Lagos you see on Netflix is not Lagos, <laughs> right? That's, that's... Because I mean, sh- she's Ghanaian and, and and she goes because like we was having like we we're, we're having debates about Ghana and Nigeria, which is better mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm like, I think your country is actually structurally better. Do not do not say Nigeria is better than Ghana. Yeah. She does. She, she did not agree with me for a long time. Mm-hmm. She goes, ah, Wale, look, look, look at. It. I'm like, you can't. <laughs> Even the average Nigerian can package himself to, to, to sound yeah, yeah, ten yeah. times better than he actually is, which is great. Yeah, and so. And same thing we can do with our arts and cultural industry, mm-hmm. right? So the online Nigeria is not even even here's the funniest part. <laughs> even those in the real Nigeria don't know that that the way they are in is not in the real Nigeria. So some people who live in Lagos they don't realize that Kaduna, Kano, um, um, Oshun State is is far from where you live. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mean far by distance. Don't go, don't go too far. far yeah. just, just Ibadan far to by Lagos. quality of life. No, just Ibadan <laughs> to Lagos. Yeah. Like let's not exactly. go exactly. to Lagos. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. so if people on the land can even be disillusioned, even the same Lagos, like even the same Lagos, Lagos. Lagos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. People, people talk like Lagos, like it's all Ikoya. It's and, all Ikoya and Abia. Like, uh, like <laughs> come on. Have you been to like the bulk of Lagos? Yeah, yeah like exactly, yeah. exactly, right, exactly. And and you know, like once that once that island has an an, an airport, they put an airport in that island. It's the worst. Yeah, it's, it's, it's over. <laughs> they've, they've they fully made downtown rest of less of Lagos. So, yeah. Yeah. so my point is like, even within the even within the country, the the idea of the reality of the country of among different people is is even different already. Mm. Then go from from that real world to the online world. Yeah. Then the online world is, you're dealing with people from different countries, continents who are only seeing what they are shown, mm. and it's great for it's great for us to get export and, and import whatever, right? But me as somebody who's a product of that, I can't be disillusioned, mm. and which is why I say it is a time sensitive issue for me to say, oh well, um, now is the time for me to to go back to Nigeria and do something because I have to be sure that I have achieved. Never for me, but for but of even for those I'm going to help. But but bro, going back doesn't have to be going back physically, right? I, I don't think that that's the case. I guess for me, like I don't have any major plans to go back physically. Just putting that out there for the world. You, you mean get involved, right? Get involved yeah, in some yeah, way. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah like yeah, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. My work, my startup also has, has to do with development, but I'm not. I don't see myself moving to Lagos anytime soon. Mm. I, I mean, yeah, I would yeah. move to a crab if I moved to Lagos. <laughs> same, same, same. The points same. you made earlier about structure, and obviously, like Ghana, the size of Ghana is the size of Lagos. So, obviously, in terms yes. of what they have to deal with, it's easier to manage. But then, who sent us work? Basically, like <laughs> that's the question. Right? Who, who sent us work to pack all of us together in such a very interesting way? That's a conversation for a different day. But let, let me let, let us let's pull this back as we sort of like. You know, wrap up this whole piece because uh, trying to remember what the what the final point is. But again, like the point of this conversation is just to understand like the different context switches that can happen as we go through careers and how where we are. You know, in some way, shape, and form is built off of where we've been. You know, in the past and just being aware of of that fact. So, um, let me ask two questions as a wrap up, right? Okay. Yeah. And the first question I'll ask all three of us um, is: Were you always confident that you'd be fine? I want to say fine, fine relative to where you are now in the sense that you're not under the gutter, you're alive, you're doing something that is that has a trajectory upwards. Mm. 
Were you as confident that you'd be fine? Um, oh. <laughs> Lambda, you go first. Then, then I'll jump in. Ah, me? Okay. <laughs> uh, no one, yes. One, no is, I, you know, I mean, because because I, I wasn't, like I, I, I struggled with some health issues. I wasn't always sure I would be alive, actually. That was my biggest fear in, like, in life. So I was more concerned about that than, um, than being fine uh, in terms of like well-being. But in terms of like professionally, um, actually, I would say that with the exception of once of a period when I was at MIT in my early days, like my first semester, I, I always had this belief that like I would be fine um, mm. professionally. If as long as as long as I was alive, um, because like I said to the earlier earlier point, I I've since very young one like thing that I did very different from a lot of people around was I I took charge of my own education and I always thought like long term like I would think about um, yeah like what I want to do where I want to be that kind of stuff mm. and I never I never trusted anybody else to teach me what I thought I needed to learn. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I'm, and so over time, I just, I, I just grew to be more confident in my own like education of myself, yeah. and I always thought, yeah, like I had enough to, to be fine. Sorry for that long answer, but that's, that's no, 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 perfect, no perfect, perfect, awesome. Um, so for me, um, I'll tell you, I always, for the most part, there was just one, there was one particular occasion where I was a bit unsure, and it was when I moved to Lagos, and my plans didn't pan out the way I thought they would. I remember some days I'll be like, I like I, the job I had wasn't that paying that great. So it was very weird. I remember I was, I'd have to walk from like Yaba roundabouts to Jolegba or to Suyerle sometimes. And yeah, I remember. Yeah. In the middle of that walk, I'll be like, bro, like this, <laughs> it, like is it, this is not life. Bro. And like, is this, yeah, like, you know, this is not how we planned it. And if, if this is how, if this isn't how we planned it and this is happening, like, what does the rest of life, like, what does that mean? Um, so that, that went on for like six months and honestly, just like the, so UI didn't break me, but that almost did. Um, and just as at the point where I thought, where I was losing some sort of confidence in myself, um, you know, opportunities started to come up and I was able to take advantage of them. Now, funny enough, what that, that has now done is that because I went through that, like whenever I'm about to take major decisions or take risks in life now, I'm like, I don't think it can ever be as bad as, <laughs> as those six months. So I'm like, you know what? Sure. Maybe I might have to take a pay cut or there might be some uncertainty around certain things, but I don't think it would ever go back to that. And obviously grateful to God that it hasn't so far, but I think that experience just showed me that like, you know, I can remain confident in certain kinds of things, not just my abilities, but just, you know, on my faith and, and, and things like that. So yeah, um, for the largest part, I thought I'll be fine. And obviously my childhood also, was also a case of two extremes in that sense. Um, you know, I lost my dad uh, pretty young and, you know, things kind of like changed a lot, but we kind of like made it through that. I, I, saying we made it through makes it seem like when we we're going through it, I thought things were bad. Like I, for whatever reason, graces for my mom and everything, I never really, yes, obviously when you see your friends and, you know, their dads and obviously, yeah, you have those thoughts, but I never really felt like I was disadvantaged in that sense. Partly also because my dad, 
like before he passed on like ended up setting up a lot of stuff i was still thinking about it yesterday how like i still get some kind of alerts from the whole ecosystem he set up and i'm like i hope i can do that for my kids because this is what 20 plus years and i can still remember that oh dad did so well that i'm able to have like this even if it's very little it just feels like quite great so yeah um long long answer short i i've generally felt confidence but there was there, there's definitely moments where I took a big hit, uh, but now because I made it through that, it just, you know, has made me even more confident about certain things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Um, just for a second question for me, I, Manta is not really, um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the, the, um, Sule Yabo Jalegba thing because <laughs> as of, <laughs> as of 2014 January, mm. right. I was, I was, that was my NYC period and I was teaching in a primary school in, in Sule. Mm-hmm. And ironically, or by coincidence, mm-hmm. that primary school is, 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 is where my parents got married, the reception. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously, I don't know. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, I was still in primary school there. And at that point, I, I, did, not, I did not go for a master's. I don't know what was next. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was going to a school that, like, like when you say a ghetto school, it was that. Mm-hmm. But I was, there's this whereby I'm going back home. I, I just think, Okay, what is what's going on? Like, what's going on? Wagwan, you know. And I mean, there was a bit of hope somewhere in the air, mm. right? And and hope in the sense that I just knew that, okay, well, my parents are still alive. Um, if I go bankrupt, I'll have a roof over my head, you know. <laughs> so I just there was just hope somewhere, but you know, I just it was just weird. So looking back now, looking back now and seeing you know, where I was those, those years ago, like seeing people I was interacting with and, and what I'm doing now, it's, it's incredible. But, but the confidence, I won't say it has gone up. I still don't think I'm fine in a sense. And maybe it's just a PhD feeling. Even, now? even if you're not now, do you think, even if you're not fine right now, do you think you will be fine at some point? Like for sure, minimum, like when you're done with your PhD, you think you would like, yeah, like you can't be on the streets. No, 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 no. So, so, Definitely no, I can't be on the streets. Um, I think I'll be fine, but 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 the feeling is not as high as as one that I've thought it should be. Mm. You get so maybe just a natural reaction to to events that have happened. I don't know, but it's not as high as 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 one expected to be. Mm. You know, um, so yeah, that is weird to explain. I'm I'm not sure why. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, my other. Okay, so I was just just gonna just say something because what you and uh, Toby said uh, made me think about what do you define as fine? Mm. Because in these days, I actually define like fine much lower than I think most people do. Like when I uh, tell okay. people, I'm like to be honest, I, I because I also think there's a lot of pressure in the world today from social media and everything to like yeah. have fine, yeah. as, like, whatever. Like fam. I tell people that look at me, they're like, oh, you're in, you're in Stanford, you're doing all this thing, you're doing so I'm like, see, if I decide in, 20, in 10 years' time or 13 years' time, which I'm actually thinking about, to go and retire in Jamaica and be teaching in a high school there or in Accra, <laughs> no, don't come and be disturbing my life. Don't come and disturb my life. Please. There's a reason why, for example, like I don't even tr- like to put like post too much on social media because like all this pressure, I don't like all this other stuff. And mm-hmm. I think the more you do stuff, the more pressure you invite. Yo. Like for me now, I've, I've gone to a point where mentally I've defined fine as I have a place to sleep mm. and 
if I want to eat, I can eat. Mm. I don't have Word. to think too much to eat. Mm. And Word. I have access to the internet. Yes. And the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> That's Bro. the word. Bro, like you just you just really summarized something that I've been battling with a lot in the last six months. Because in the industry that I'm in, um, this whole startup tech because you know Lamy Day, right? It's like it's all about yeah. someone's announcing a raise, someone is doing this, and everybody's just and it's all great and it's all nice. But Lamy Day, I remember like well, it's same same thing. Like last year, I unfollowed so many tech accounts because I was like, you know what? Uh. Besides F1 Twitter and football Twitter, I just want to be at peace. But then because of the yeah. work that I do, I have to sort of like still be aware of some of these things. So I followed a couple of them again. And just last week, I started to unfollow them again because I'm like, you know what? I like, again, for me, fine is what you've described. Like I, I, I sometimes I feel like it's some, some people might define it as it's bordering as unambitious, but for me, it's just that, no, like things that matter to me in life are not some of these things. Like, it's great that I'm where I am. You can call me a co-founder. Maybe I can, you know, make some money in that sense. But like, if you take all of that away, like I will still be fine. So I can't let that <clears throat> find all the things that I'm doing. And it can be tricky because if I'm talking to a VC and they are hearing me say this, they are in their head. They're like, okay, we can't put money in this guy because he doesn't want to be a billion dollar brand. Right. And I'm still struggling to kind of like resolve that tension of, okay, I'm in a space where these are the natural things to happen, but I don't want it to happen. Like I'm more concerned about it. So how do I balance myself there? Uh, but like, yeah, right. Honestly, like, I don't know. <laughs> like even where I am now, like, cause I like, like to say this thing that when I was in high school, if someone told me I'll be where I am right now doing things that I'm doing, true, true, I, would true. Have, I would have paid all I was like, I'm like, just give it to me. You understand? But now that I'm here, I still desire something better in a kind of way. So it's like, okay, at what point does that desire even stop? And if it doesn't stop, and, yeah, 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 why can't I just yeah. start enjoying life or do anything? If I'm more, like, so I'm making sure that as much as I'm doing the things that, you know, are ambitious or whatnot. I'm still enjoying life, which is why every Saturday morning I will jump on my bike and write for five hours. I don't give a shit if people say I should be writing documents or doing whatever. It's like Monday will come for that. I will dance Kizumba. I will do all those things. And my co-founder might be hearing this now and be like, oh my God, there's something wrong with this But it is what it is, right? Um, and as long as I'm able to do the things and, you know, take care of my family and stuff like that. Honestly, like contentment, right? I think it's one word that has been lost to our generation, right? And the earlier we find it, the more at peace we'll be because the craziness that's going on out there, man, I I can't even, can't mm-hmm. even, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I think you guys, I'm glad you guys said what you said because that's 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 very reassuring to hear. Um, because you know, um, like I, I see you both as as two very smart individuals that that I've known for a long time, although different levels of contact. Mm. And you know, there is there is no ounce in my body that that doubts what you've just said, mm. as as a real reflection of how you feel. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really glad to hear that. And I think one thing I've, I've also picked from what you're saying or picked from what we've seen all three is I realized that even as we are all like, you know, late 20s, they're about, our journey has had tipping points. And I started off with that word earlier, but, but, but I'll come back to it. Our journey has had tipping points, moments, events, people we met that flicked, touched, shaped, pushed us in direction so like think of think of us think of a journey as like the temporal game where you're just running 
<laughs> and then and and then there's been events that have just set you to left to right to make you jump when you should not jump. Mm. And I'm trying to think that those events happen for a reason of or happen by coincidence, whatever. But they are there in number. Now, what tipping points can you list out in your own life that you say, okay, these things <laughs> these things happened and made me here today. Now, if I think of mine, yeah. right, mine, mine starts from, yes, actually. So mine even starts from that poem thing because I remember I went to see that guy when I was thinking of, uh, when I was thinking of arts versus science. Yeah. Right. So him telling me, anyway, me leaving that room saying no more arts, yeah. right, pushed me to science. Right? And that meant that I did courses like physics, chemistry, maths, biology. Mm-hmm. Right. So that event shaped me in a certain way. Mm. Me going to my university and and obviously picking that course that I picked. I won't say, I won't say the course shaped me. What I'll say is the people I met mm. shaped me. Yeah. Because, because I would never have been thinking of things like consulting, business, um, social skills, people in that sense. Right. So the course did not shape me. I'll say the people I met shaped me. Yeah. But also me doing that piece of fake consulting business I did that I had zero clients shaped me as well because I did after after I finished my undergrad. Now this is this is me listing my tipping points by the way. Yeah. And after after I finished my undergrad, I began to read books, books about business randomly, like on a random Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. I have no work. I'm reading books about business at home. Right. Just because I'm I'm, try, I'm trying to create a website, trying to learn more about this. And those things I've written helped me do my do my masters mm. because there were times where I'm presenting something. People are like, dude, how the how the how the hell do you know this? And let me tell you the first thing that, that happened to me one time. One time we had a group work, and challenge was to create and um, was to do was, was to create like a like a business platform, um, startup, um, business plan, something like that. And I just remember that I read a book two years ago in my uncle's office, a book about strategy. And I just said that my friend should check the library for this book. Mm. And, I, and I told him the page number where we, where we need. Oh, wow. Right. Because like, because like, I remember where that page was. It was, it was the SWOT analysis page. Yeah. And it was like, what, what do you like? How do you know this? I'm like, don't worry. So in, like, you know, that movie Slumdog Millionaire, where like he had reasons why, why he knew, What's, why he knew certain answers. Yeah. So that was mine. So, so me doing those random things before I started my, my MSc helped me in my MSc, right? But also my MSc had tipping, tipping points as well. If I didn't have my supervisor that I had yeah. doing my MSc for my, for my thesis, mm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have known about my PhD. Yeah. And I'll probably be doing anything. I'll, I'll probably be somewhere else now because I didn't apply to any other PhD, only this one. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's another one again. And another one I can give again is my experience, my first year, my depression phase. If I didn't go through that, I mean, I've flipped off into this self-aware person I am today. Mm. Right. So I've, I've always thought about these tipping points in our lives that, that our temple run, you know, gadgets that push us left and right as we navigate this thing called life. And I think when I can pinpoint that, I then go into experiences open-minded, not knowing what experience can shape me or shape my thinking yeah. going forward. Yeah. Right. So that's my own, those are my own, that's my list. 
Yeah. Uh, what do you use? So, so my own, right? Um, there's a bunch of them. Um, but Lambda, you feature like a, a bunch of times. Like I said, oh, I just, wow. because of the because I of the. I feel so lucky. Because Mrs. Otaru's chemistry class would have put me on a separate path, but you sort of like corrected that, or you were one of the pieces that corrected that. I did. How? Yeah. By calling me to apply to you, I would like to check okay, my UI thing. Okay. I wouldn't have ever oh, checked oh, it. That, that one, yeah. okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other one was my internship in 400 level. Like, I got to experience different kinds of internships at different companies, and that was really, like, great. But because I was able to go through all of those things, I was able to be sure that that wasn't what I wanted to do long-term, regardless of whatever branch of civil engineering it was. But I also had, in my final company, there was a, one of the engineers there, he walked in on me one Saturday building a website and then he said, oh, what, what are you doing? Right. I was like, I was building a website. So he asked me to build the company's website from scratch. And then each time he'll keep telling me that, bro, what are you doing in civil engineering? And this was a guy that knew I was passionate about it, but he always gave me opportunities and told me that, look, bro, don't be stuck here if you don't want to be doing this. Right. Now I'm not building websites for a living, but that let me, that also gave me confidence to be like, look, if this person that knows my skills, mm. my passion, mm. told me that I can do anything I want to do, then man, let me just go for it. And so that, that was a really key one for me. Um, before I got the job I, I got at MEST, um, which was my last company, I randomly worked with this consultant at, my, at the company that was paying me shit money. I worked with this consultant there. I didn't have to do what I, I did. What if they listen to you? Like, oh, see, you call us shit, shit money, pay you shit money. <laughs> I hope you're not like... <laughs> you're not buddies with the CEO or something. <laughs> they, 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 they knew, they knew, they knew, they knew. But anyways, I worked with this consultant there who gave me the opportunity to then join MEST. And then from there, so definitely I think people, the final point I'll just say is that don't take people for granted, right? Regardless of what they look like or what resources they have, because your whole life is going to be filled with so many connection points with different people. Like there's no way you get anything you want to get in life that it won't happen through people. So you know, do with that information. What mm. Lambda, three minutes to tell us your tipping points. Yeah. yeah so uh, for me, I think um, some of what you guys have said are also similar to mine. Um, mm. What I could think of like failures, a lot of them are failure moments. Mm. Um, a couple I can think of are like successes. Uh, the biggest one for me, I would say, so I, I used to be very sick, like, right. But like the biggest one for me was getting, um, like diagnosed with cancer at some point in, in, in high school. Um, so that, of course that totally changed my, my track from being in, from wanting to do medicine to wanting to do engineering. Mm. Um, uh, the second I would say was also related to that one. So at one point, this was SS2 by the way, I missed um, school for like a significant, I lost the whole first semester, the first term basically. Mm. And then I don't know, I wrote some exam that I, that I failed in further math. And the further math teacher guy, like I got 30, 30% basically mm. because I wasn't around throughout the time. <laughs> yeah. And at that point I was like, no engineering for me, but by like, I, I don't know the further math because everybody had done it. But the guy just like disappeared my score secretly because he wasn't supposed to do it, but he just pretended it was like, don't worry, I will pretend you didn't take the exam and everything. And that was very critical because if he didn't do that, this is uh, Mr. Rio. If he didn't do that, psh, bye-bye. No, mm. no, no, no for the math for me. Mm. Um, oh, less than a minute. The other thing I think, um, failing chemistry 157 100 level, hey! the test, the test, because before then I was very unserious with UI. Mm. Um, yeah, and also, also some stuff around like my undergrad admissions to the US as well. Um, I've just deciding to stay in UI and to be serious, yeah, and then 
meeting a few people, like one guy, Chuka, in undergrad was very important to me being a, a good researcher. Um, yeah, getting to MIT, to what you said, like being depressed my first year in, in MIT, my first semester in particular, um, was very important. Um, and uh, moving to California because, yeah, that helped me to, yeah, that opened a whole new pathway for me in terms of what, what my career. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. We made it just in time, but let me... Yo, man, we, so we have to catch up again. Um, definitely yeah. talk again um, I'm, I'm out of the podcast. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you today. Um, like, Toby, thanks for making this happen as well. And thank you for coming on Lamide. It's been a great conversation. Um, definitely looking forward to everyone's future, also yours as well, in terms of what we're doing next. And, you know, I just, I just hope that these tipping points continue to be good ones as we go ahead in this crazy world life. But I'm glad you guys said, have told me that the world fine should be realistic. Yeah. And, you know, and that's great to hear as well. All right. Cool, cool. Thanks, Lamide. Enjoy. Thank you for having me on this. Yeah, absolutely. No worries, man. Take it easy. Hey, hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of 20s Combos. If you enjoyed the podcast, the easiest way to help out is to leave a review. Don't forget to subscribe as well. Also, if you think a friend needs to hear this, go ahead and share it with them. They'll be glad that you did. Trust me. All right, we release new episodes every Monday, but before then, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 20s Combos. We post quotes, polls, and other interesting content and clips from each episode every week, so go ahead and follow us now. Till next time, take care and stay safe.